have developed speed, but we have shut ourselves in. Machinery that gives abundance has left us in want. We think too much and feel too little. More than machinery, we need humanity. We know the air is unfit to breathe and our food is unfit to eat. As if that's the way it's supposed to be. We know things are bad, worse than bad. They're crazy. yourselves to brutes, men who despise you, enslave you, who regiment your lives, tell you what to do, what to think, or what to feel, who drill you, diet you, treat you like cattle, use you as cannon fodder. Don't give yourselves to these unnatural men, machine men, with machine minds and machine hearts. I am Jason Burmis. This is brought to you by RedVoiceMedia.com. Make sure you go to RVMRumble.com. Sign up. Subscribe there. That's where you just subscribe to the channel. Make sure you get the two hours a day plus, if you'd like, the rest of the day. That goes till 8.30 in the evening. And, And the nice thing about Rumble, too, is... You don't have to have a premium subscription to just play it in the background if you just want the audio on a car ride or something like that. It's very accessible, and there's a lot of other great shows on there. In fact, before we even get going today, um, Drew Burquist, you're coming on next. I don't know if we're going to do... We should probably do a premium hour together and then and tease it. Uh, but Drew was talking about the Oklahoma City bombing. And that's something I'm going to get into later because we haven't been in Kansas for a very, very, very long time. And there are certain aspects of that operation that I highlight in Invisible Empire for a good reason, including Frank Keating, the governor, going on record saying that they were taking explosives out of the building on top of a lot of other stuff, okay? That, then that's just the beginning. But before we get there, let's talk Monty Python. Now, first of all, I want to say this. Never, ever, 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 ever seen Life of Brian. And uh, th- that's probably to my detriment. I-, I probably need to get on that, especially now. Because I think it was a week ago, maybe two weeks ago, I played a clip that I I just thought it was astounding how spot on it was. And it only took 50 years uh, to turn from parody to reality. Okay. And look, really good humor is already a parody of what's going on at the time culturally, no matter how absurd. And when I was a kid, you know, this film is from the 70s. I was born in 79. 
but this is an early 70s film. I was kind of on the peripheral, sort of, of what Monty Python was. It had leaked into American culture. You know what a really great example is? Is if you watch the old intros to Monty Python, I would say that you can't do that on television on Nickelodeon. Okay, that that had big time echoes of it. Okay, like like the the intro, the art style, all that was very influential. And really, even the slapstick humor of you can't do that on television. Maybe more of an American uh, audience and geared towards children, uh, but still kind of gross physical comedy yet smart cerebral i digress the first time i heard about this film which i want to point out here has five stars in a review from 2019 so not even five years ago in the guardian they give it five stars again uh the unholy work of satirical genius and obviously the the big offense back in the 70s and it was kind of a trend, was there was all these subversive films about Jesus Christ, right? Now, like a ton of them. Last Temptation of Christ, Jesus Christ, Superstar. You know, hardline Christians were pretty upset at a lot of this stuff. So Monty, Monty Python basically decided to goof on it. And the first time I ever heard of The Life of Brian, which is one of the films they did in their series of films... And by the way, Monty Python, you know, Terry Gilliam, who's a very visionary and prophetic director, uh, he came out of Monty Python. I'm not, you know, I don't know all these guys' politics all the way through. Eric Idle is, uh, if we look at the thumbnail here, the person on the left. Always look on the bright side of life. And he wants to have babies. Right? They, they're all sitting there, and I, I would play the clip, but guess what? When I did play it, copyright strike. Guess what? Yesterday, played a 60 Minutes clip, copyright. It's not, I guess it's not a strike, because nothing happens to it, but you get too many of those that take your channel down. It's, it, it's great trying to work with YouTube. And essentially, there's this ridiculous discussion about how Stan wants to have babies, and John Cleese is like, you're not a woman, you don't have a womb, you can't have babies. But then they all agree that symbolically they are going to fight for his right to have babies to fight the oppressors. Because don't oppress me, brother. And it was amazing to me that in just under 50 years or just over, I think it was 72 when the film came out, this parody had become reality. And the reason it's really important, and there's Drew right there. Dude, sorry, I just got back to you. I saw this a while on air and totally forgot. Good, because you're coming on the show. It's this bad boy. People can't believe it when I whipped this book out from 1997. And it's a book on how they're going to take charge of baby making, how there's good eugenics, and it's called Transgenics, everybody. Transgenics. And, uh, you know, I, I'm just going to read this passage because, you know, why, why not? Why not? I mean, this is just one passage. We, we've read the one with the V word and the sterilization of the feeble-minded and that Supreme Court decision from all the way back in the day, excuse me, uh, almost 100 years ago. 
So our country too. I want to make sure everybody knows that our country too. Eugenics, Rockefellers, our country too. Not just the Nazis, not just, you know, the uh, bio-warfare programs. Uh, I think it's with Unit uh, 731 or 713. That would be the, the Japanese ones. It's killing me. I, don't, I, I can't remember that offhand. But th- this is the future. Are you, are you ready for the future? If they get what they want, and when I say they, I mean a very disturbed predator class that wants a transhumanist future. They get what they want. They will destroy our species and have something like this. A transsexual Chinese couple want to have hermaphroditic children so that they can enjoy the pleasures of both sexes. The portion of the gene sequence that turns on male sexual characteristics is added to a sperm carrying only an X chromosome. The resultant child has both male and female reproductive tracts. Taking charge of the baby making. So, once we accept one absurdity that is not a reality, but we, we let the, the mad scientists and the trust the science guys, and we're not safe until we're all safe. That's coming up in the second hour, by the way. We're not safe until we're all safe. Another great compilation by, by uh, Matt Orfella. Just awesome. He lays it out awesome. He's the man, okay? We're not safe until we're all safe. Got news for everybody. You're bending the knee in Hollywood. You're done. You're over. They're coming for you. AI's coming for you first. And unless you were a Hollyweird star in the last 20, 30, 40, 50 years is still around, chances are you're going to just be written off. Your digital likeness is nothing. Because that's what's, that's what's coming. AI, digital likenesses, pushes social media. When I say AI, them pushing fully made fake people. You thought you couldn't live up to that Instagram star with the booty shaking, right? Or the dude with the slick back hair in the car and the, and the gold chains, stacks of money. Forget about it. That's all over. So here's where I'm getting disappointed. Stop bending the knee all over the place. Cleese, uh, less than, a, uh, actually a little over a year ago, it was in uh, July of 21, decided to bring this uh, to a, uh, a musical show. Okay, his new West End show. And guess what? They made him pull it. And where, where is it? I want to I read the exact clip. This really does upset me. So here we have something there's never been a complaint about in 40 years that I've heard of. And now all of a sudden we can't do it because it'll offend people. What is one supposed to make of that? But I think that there were a lot of things that were actually in some strange way predictive of what was actually going to happen later. Okay? Cleese told an audience at the one-man show last week that when the scene co-written with the late Graham Chapman was performed at a read-through for the New York uh, new show in New York last year, uh, doubts emerged. At the end, I said to the American actors, what do you think? And they said, we love the script, but you can't do that stuff about Loretta nowadays. So he bent the knee. No bueno. Come on, Cleese. I, and I like John Cleese, man. He's talked about being uncancelable. Why are you... Be- First of all, let, let's talk about the subversion to Christians. 
So it's offensive now to joke about a man not being able to be a biological woman and conceive, but it's not offensive to just throw darts at Jesus for 90 minutes to two hours, right? And look, <laughs> I'm certainly not sitting here beating my Christian chest because I, I, I'm agnostic at best. Look, I, I say this with the utmost respect to um, true believers, Christians, people that actually practice the re religion and love thy neighbor, right? And, and do the kinds of things that I believe uh, Christians should be doing. Because I'm going to tell you right now, it, it does bother me a lot the way that Christians get attacked. You know, I grew up Christian. A lot of my family is Christian. The best people that I know in these type of movements often are Christian. And they just take it, you know, with a grain of salt. I guess they've kind of been trained to. There's, there's no real outrage. And look, I don't think there should be censorship one way or another. But their way of life is under attack. 100%. Well, reality is under attack. And God in all forms, not just going to be the Christian religion, is under attack. And, you know, it's funny because I was thinking about the time that I actually heard about Life of Brian. I've never known what it was. And, and I, I only knew what it was because as a kid, a guy who was extremely influential in my life, almost like a mentor uh, to me in, in a lot of ways, my, my buddy's dad, rest in peace, Dick Darkangelis. You know, he was one of those guys that taught me that if you worked, you could make money. He gave me jobs. We ripped apart roofs together. We did electrical work together. Lived on a farm, like, you know, out in the country. You know, had a little garden, wasn't huge, that type of thing. You know, a, a trailer off on the other end. It just showed me, wow, you know, you can kind of have your own thing and do your own thing and be close enough to civilization. You can work hard. He's a funny guy. And uh, one day he said to me, you're living life of Brian, huh? I have no idea what he's talking about. <laughs> None. Uh, but that always set in my mind, man. Like, you know, <laughs> we don't really choose uh, the situations around us, but we can choose who and what we gravitate to as we go through. And the guy was funny, kind of introduced me to some of the Monty Python stuff in general that would be on in the background. Still haven't sat down and watched that whole movie. Going to do it can't allow this cancel culture we got to go to an ad we're going to come back after this it's reality rants you're still looking good i'm still feeling good you know i've got all your my pillow products mattress topper bed sheets my pillows towels slippers blankets sleepwear dog whoa bed. whoa charles everyone now can get my pillow products at huge discounts at mypillow.com that's right. Now's the time to go to MyPillow.com or call the number on your screen. Use your promo code to take advantage of our three-in-one sale. We're bringing you exciting new products, overstock specials, and closeout deals you won't find anywhere else. For example, when you buy one of our brand new MyPillow 2.0s, you get another one absolutely free. And with our overstock sale, you save 50% on our luxurious Giza Dream bed sheets. That's as low as $29.99 for the best sheets ever. And with our biggest closeout special, you get our all-season slippers for only $35. 
or our sandals and slides for just $25. Quantities are limited, and once they're gone, they're gone. Boom! We don't have to interrupt that commercial. So, apparently, uh, they also cut the, the, the little the song out the do 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 from from the play now I hope that Eric uh, is just as upset that this scene got cut but like the song at the end is fantastic I'm like that's the that's the one part that I can tell you all about because I listen to it all the time always look on the bright side of life the cheery anthem written by Idol that closes the film as Brian and his disciples are hanging on crucifixes. <laughs> It's funny stuff, man. It's funny stuff. Like, come on, man. It, and that's the other thing. It's humor. We should have humor. However, you're all getting worked out, Holly Weird. Let's talk about the transition. So there's been a cultural transition now for what was a celebrity, say, in the 50s, 60s, 70s, even 80s to what it turned into in the 90s and beyond. So let's let's break it down. 50s, 60s, you still kind of had the iconic lead men and the dream boats on both sides, right? These uh, cookie cutters of what a man or a woman should be. Let's start there. And there, there's, you know, some of them, you had the peripheral actors. There are certain people that would come up through those times, you know, like Shatner's still around, like one of the one of the last living icons, if you think about it. That dude uh, is in one of the most iconic Twilight Zones ever, and uh, the one with the plain grape, still rocking on what is it? Uh, that History Channel, un the unexplained. You know, he's still there. But that that's that's the point. Like that guy, okay, we'll use him. He was in a TV show, grew into an old age. Sean Connery would be a great example of that. Then the 80s come and it's like action stars, right? And baby faces. Uh, like the, the Tom Cruise superstar era mixed in with the Stallone Schwarzenegger era. And there's still some remnants of that. But before everybody could really get the good sauce and the juice. There was, a, there was a time where Stallone had kind of fallen out of Hollywood. He was doing, like, direct-to-DVD movies. The, you know, the Arnold stuff wasn't selling as well. It was, it was just kind of like, oh, maybe I'll go see it when it was a big deal back in the day when an Arnold movie came out. And this was coinciding at the same time where the real world was a big show on MTV, and it was the first reality show. First reality show. Which now, I mean, look at how much reality is on TV. Now, all the way back then, a lot of this stuff is scripted, produced, etc. But a, a new celebrity kind of emerges just for being put on television. Not necessarily having any kind of talent, a.k.a. they're in a comedy or variety show, they're in a band, but anything. They're just on television. And that era begins late 90s, small transition there. Then everything becomes kind of like a game show as well, on top of all of it. So now it's game shows, who wants to be a millionaire, right? And it's American Idol, that culture's in there. And we get the magic boxes for social media, right around, you know, people with a screen, the iPhone era. 
2007, 2008, more and more Androids coming in, certainly by the turn of 2010. Although we keep all the reality shows, now we've had the internet for a long time. So some of the TV shows that are out there are just internet clips, which is just kind of like an extension of, um, uh, you know, America's Funniest Home Videos back in the day. But all of a sudden, you don't have to be on television and you don't have to be uh, in the movies to be a big star. Hmm. Now, Hollywood taps into this, too. First of all, you look at people... You, you look at, like, the Paul brothers, right? And they're social media influencers. That gets them deals with bigger... I mean, all over the place. Disney, all, you know, and now in the fight game, everywhere. In fact, the boxing and, and sports combat world has now had to bow to social media influencers. Why, are, why am I talking about this so much? Because Hollywood and entertainment has shifted to those people and that focus. And that's why during the COVID-1984 nightmare, a bunch of them were paid some scratchola to parrot that, you know, the kind of messages we're going to play in the second hour uh, that you can see for free over at the RVM Rumble. Remember, both hours are free. First hours on YouTube. Sorry, YouTube. Despite the suppression, uh, the non-monetization, and the fact that you really have defamed me and, and slandered me by saying that my content is harmful. I would challenge anybody out there to come forward and tell me where any of my YouTube content has caused harm to anyone. Anyone. I, I No. Personal harm to anyone. No, that's that's not real. That's imagination land. Okay, so second hour uncensored over at Rumble. By the way, support the broadcast. Redvoicemedia.com slash uncensored. And that's where you can sign up today for a buck. You get all of the premium. We got Dyer. We got Stuart J. Hooper. We got Dupree. We got Alicia Powell. And uh, the other two are Zach Voorhees. And Steve Poikinen from Slow News Day. Those are the premiums that are out there now. Next week coming up, we've already got Jamie Deluxe. And uh, lo and behold, hopefully everything's going to go well today. And uh, we got some really good premiums coming up for this weekend as well. I'll just leave it at that. But Drew, that doesn't get you off the hook. Because we can make you a premium too. You know, and then put out the bits and pieces. So redvoicemedia.com slash uncensored. You want to lock it in for the year. Uh, pay the 100 bucks, save 20, get everybody and really support this broadcast. I'd love you for it. Back to Hollyweird, okay? They're working most of the stars and the humans out right now as we speak. You're not necessary anymore. Disney to remove Willow, Why the Last Man, and original movies from Disney Plus and Hulu to save cash. So now, movies they've actually produced that they don't want to pay residuals on, get pulled from the service that you're paying for. Like the Willow thing, I, I didn't watch it, but it can't, it can't be that old. I think it was like last year or two. Okay, maybe it was a flop. I loved the movie. I don't know if the series sucked. But you're pulling that too because you don't want to pay residuals? Yeah, they're starving out the, the uh, majority of the Writers and Screen Actors Guild. Here it comes. 
renegotiation for AI, deepfakes, extras, and computer-generated content. They don't need humans anymore. You get it? And Disney is such a uh, leviathan in the entertainment industry. So as I've discussed before, it's really AI that we're talking about. Justine uh, Bateman, who you obviously is uh, Justin Bateman's sister, but Justine Bateman, you may have remembered from Family Ties, right? Sharing the laughter and love. I was sharing the laughter and love in the 80s. I don't know about you guys. Oh, show them how it's done. They want to replace us with AI, chop up our past scripts, and bring out resulting patchwork films. Take actors' likenesses and use them however you want. Replace directors with software project managers because you don't need a vision or a point of view. F you. Not what the film business is about. We're not a big box store volume business. We want to make the best film or series we've ever made every time. If the studio's streamers don't get that, they'll be burned with the full realization of this union-strong industry because we give a shit about film series even if they don't, and we will defend it. Watch us. Well, good luck. I'm wishing you luck because I'm telling you right now, yeah, the, the new normal is they don't need you anymore, right? They're, they're ready to bring back John Wayne, Cary Grant. You're going to have Tom Hanks forever, okay? And at the same time that's happening, as I just told you, they're going to use deep fake technology to amalgamate what, what should be the best-looking stars for certain demographics and... Either at first they'll be played by actors in the background, but that you won't see the real face or the real body. They'll basically be like uh, the dude that dresses in the little green outfit hopping around like the golem. And they'll be interchangeable too. Won't even be one actor or actress. They'll be paid a minimal amount of money. Just chicken scratch. And they'll push that likeness which they own. Who are they? Warner Brothers, Paramount, Viacom. Viacom is Paramount. You know, that, that's the thing. Uh, like, so many of these are shell corporations. I mean, Fox, Disney, they're in bed together all over. All, it's all going down right now. And that's why things are about to get really weird. Commercially available deepfake technology is going to change the game on so many levels. Whether it be amateur filmmaking, scamming, political satire, social media. Unfortunately, human interactive norms are on the table as well. That's what's really frightening. People should really realize that. That the AI actually is going to get good enough that chatbots, you ain't seen nothing. nothing. I mean, you're, you're legitimately going to have people that are extremely lonely, um, extremely devoid from actual human contact, and unfortunately pushed into this post-truth reality. And that post-truth reality is going to be 
some kind of a empathetic social relationship with a device. And I'm not talking about the ones that already have that for the super scroll and the social media. I mean, they're, they're going to think that the device is, is like their dog or more. When the Kurzweilians and the Rothbladians, and that's not, you know, that's not alien wonder world off into some Johnny nonsense verse. And I, I, I want to talk about that on the flip side in a minute. So I got into a debate with somebody and I just, I, I need to make some things clear about what I think with aliens, space tech, space in general, all these things, because people want to put you into these weird boxes. And, and the, the big one I've noticed is when you start saying things that just are too, what, too out there, like when you start exposing eugenicists that are pushing transgenics that have have done the business. I mean, Rothblatt went full surgery. That's the real deal. You know, when, when you're dealing with those people and their actual agendas they put out there, people go, flat earth. Flat earth? Are you a flat earther, Jason? Are you on the level? I'm just like, no. What are you talking about? What planet are we on? <laughs> and, and they'll tell you, I, we're not on a planet. We're in a realm. And look, I'm, I'm sympathetic to those people somewhat because we've been lied to about just about everything our whole lives of any significance. But, you know, <laughs> at the same time, when I'm out here pointing out that this transgenics thing also links with our satellite systems, and some of those satellite systems are obviously not in low Earth orbit, Flat Earther, Saddleoons. We're going to talk about that and more in the AI post-truth Hollyweird, actually post-Hollyweird world, after a word from our sponsors. Have you heard of Executive Order 14067? This little-known order implemented the digital dollar the most sinister plan to control your spending. And it gets worse. In November, the federal government and banks began a test program to roll out the digital dollar. With this, privacy for all Americans will be lost forever. Imagine, the government can now track all of your spending. The government can tell you what you can and can't buy. The government could confiscate your cash. When digital currency was rolled out in China, Bloomberg wrote, quote, this will lead to control like no other, end quote. The EU has announced that they are next, but it is already happening in America, which makes this wealth protection guide that American Alternative Assets just put out even more urgent. Project Hamilton, as this secret order is being called, might be the scariest order to happen to privacy and freedom in America since its founding, which makes this wealth protection guide so incredibly valuable right now. Move your money out of cash and into something that doesn't infringe on your privacy. You see, there is one legal IRS-proof loophole that could protect your IRA, 401k, and pension savings with gold and silver. And this free guide tells you exactly which steps you need to take right now to move part of your IRA or 401k into precious metals with no tax consequences. As this program rolls out, the sky's the limit for the level of government control that could be enforced on your money. 
Protect your savings and your privacy. But in the devastation ahead, American Alternative Assets is offering you something rare, a chance to protect your wealth and possibly even grow it. You're still looking good. Oh, see, I didn't bring that one down. That's all right. Okay. Guys, we're about halfway through the first hour. I do want to remind everybody once again over at the RVM Rumbles where you're going to be able to catch the second hour. So let's let's talk about what I think's going on because with the alien thing, it's such a divisive topic, right? Oh, Jason, you don't believe in aliens? You're so close-minded. That's not what I'm saying. I'm going to put it to everybody like this. The subject that initially got me into, uh, I, I would I would say, studying what people would call, uh, I wouldn't even call it conspiracy or paranormal, but essentially things outside of what was on TV in the 80s and what was acceptable to talk about was the alien subject, was the UFO subject, because as a kid, I'll never forget it, I totally and completely dismissed it, and then all of a sudden I remember it was uh, my mom's boyfriend at the time talking about it and saying, no, you know, there's actually pictures and videos of these things that aren't fake, that, you know, aren't hoaxes, and I'm like, huh, you know, and, and now I'm thinking, wait, so this isn't just Spielberg and E.T., that was the big thing. Again, I lived in an era where they put E.T. back in theaters all the time. <laughs> like, it was such a big movie. They're like, we'll just put it back in the movie theater again. It was a big deal when, like, things came on network television. Different time. And then my dad got the Time Life Read the Book series. And it, it was an unexplained mystery series. I actually got a few of them downstairs. And the ones that I gravitated towards were the ones that actually had... Uh, pictures in them that were published that were, you know, Project Blue Book and things like that. I was like, whoa, this is, I mean, now I'm like I'm 10, 11 years old and I'm reading these things. And there's no internet, but I kind of moved on now from dinosaurs, which was a big thing in, in my life and a lot of other kids' lives amongst other things, like the wonders of the world that we don't know. And that's what got me into it. Now, as I start growing up, the alien autopsy video comes out. Fox puts out the, the moon hoax video. And I certainly start looking into the Apollo missions and rocket technology now. The best I can pre-internet, by the way. Not a lot out there, but become very familiar with the topic, at least what's on television and the books I can actually get from a thing called the library. Not a lot of stuff in the library either. Okay, other, other than like mainline stuff. And now I love mainline stuff from decades ago uh, because, you know, I want to see where it compares and contrasts to what we're doing today. So, as I get older, and all this is pre-9-11, the internet hits. And this is a big deal. You know, I, I still remember being in... Uh, my friend Amy's house, her dad was a lawyer, poor guy, got stuck with all girls, but he, he, he was the guy that had like the car phone in, in the car. This is like way pre this, right? Like 92. <laughs> and it had to be like 94. I was either a freshman or a sophomore in, in high school. They got the internet connection 
and and all that was really up was like AOL, and they were in some chat room, and you were you were typing to somebody else who wasn't around. You didn't know what they looked like. You had no hopes to know what they looked like. You weren't even going to exchange pictures because there was really no way to do that. But all of a sudden, this became accessible, and in 1997, I graduated high school. Once I graduated high school, um, there was now this opportunity to quote unquote do my own research. Imagine that. Wait, Jason, you you were doing your own research? Wild. Well, back then, whoa, whoa. And some of the stuff I was coming across in the UFO realm was a little over the top. I'm not going to lie. I felt like there was a lot of grifting. Uh, by 99, when I had already learned FTP networks, there were IRC networks, but the big one was the Notella and Nutella network that would become things like Morpheus, Kazaa, etc. Now I'm downloading everything. Anything and everything. I'm also reading the MK Ultra documents, which are actually difficult to read because they're scans and they haven't been transcribed. Right? A lot of those have now been transcribed much easier and the document will be there. Awesome. But I mean, I, I read through the Majestic 12 all those things, and became more and more convinced at the time that, of course, there was a cover-up of a global nature, and of course, aliens were real, okay? And of course, it's being hidden from us. And then, as time passed, what I started to realize was the vast majority of what I was watching were eyewitness accounts from government officials and agents that number one, couldn't be trusted, but number two may have in many cases been part of scientific experiments and maybe believe what they said, but maybe it didn't happen quite the way they said it for various reasons. And then I start understanding that what? This is starting to be pushed a lot more in the media, especially with the ancient alien stuff that really, again, that starts well before I'm even born with books that are being passed around in new age circles and, and starting to get out into more of an adult arena. But once again, at the time, I, I was a kid when I first was going to the libraries and it was picture books, like things that had pictures thick, that thick. I wasn't picking up chariots of the gods or something like that. I want to make that clear. So, you know, I start realizing that the alien agenda seems to be being pushed, that we're doing all this weird eugenics work all the way back pre-World pre War II. And then finally, I start seeing things like Mirage Men, where I'm seeing purposeful disinformation, and I'm realizing more and more that the technology that I'm seeing in the public arena has been suppressed for years. For instance, one of the big light bulbs that went out off in my head is they rolled the stealth bomber out for the initial Gulf War. And everybody's like, ooh, and ah, and, you know, had that almost like triangular shape. And it did. It looked something like, like you know, a UFO, those little like blackbirds, right? And they're moving quick. And then that's it. Like, it's 2023. Like, uh, we've seen barely variations of anything like that and other propulsion systems. Now, getting back to what's in the sky at this point. Number one, 
I think there is a vast satellite network that are on balloons, period. I think that's what you saw with your Chinese spy satellite. I think more and more of them are also going up and that's what the issues are. That's one. Number two, I think there's a vast possibility that we may have been well farther than the moon and what's been told through something other than rocket technology. I think rocket technology has only taken us so far and is very much a front for putting up what I believe are satellites that are in some type of orbit, one. I think Starlink is real. I think CubeSats are real. I think Blackjack is real. And I also think that the main cover for this, other than exotic technology and aircraft, is the weaponization of space at some level. Okay, all of those things are, are very much important to put into play. And, and like I said, when on the nail in the coffin is when I read Area 51 with Annie Jacobson. Now, Annie J, what, what I took away from it is her main source, especially for the Roswell incident, number one, says that what he was able to tell her, and I, I think he's passed on since this, was a fraction of a fraction of a fraction of what he was involved in. But he also said that the crash came from the Soviets on purpose, Stalin, and that he had placed genetically altered human beings in there. And it's alluded to that Mengele, because remember, the Russians got Nazis and we got some Nazis. The Horton brothers, flying wing technology, we're talking about that era. And that's what that was genetically. And, and think about how far we've come. And he, by the way, he also said, well, why, why wouldn't we just say that? Why wouldn't we say what he did? He goes, we're doing the same thing. And, you know, for instance, one of the big things uh, at Roswell that's been talked about again and again and again and again is exotic metals. The, the metal would just unfold itself. That's, that's part of the folklore. It's now in uh, pop culture everywhere. You go back to, again, the 40s and those things were being patented. Those things were being patented. The public has been dumbed down from a society where we shared technology, okay, with one another, and there was a race in the private sector, in most cases, to further the type of technology that could be game-chasing. All of that changed post-World War II because everything could be used as a weapon. Right? Nuclear technology, like, let's be honest with ourselves, Nuclear tech, if we were using it correctly, I mean, it would be a quote-unquote cleaner power source. It would be way more stable, okay? Um, it, it could really empower humanity on a uh, uh, level like no other, okay, period. It could. Like, they don't want that. Instead, there's been fear-mongering surrounding it, uh, I think a, a lot of the past disasters could totally and completely be put into check. But we don't want to discuss that. Because then we couldn't have our carbon lies all over the place. First of all, nuclear power is used on submarines by the military. Very little of it. It's very stable. How many, you know, nuclear c catastrophes have you heard via the submarines? I'm not saying... There hasn't been some in the past or that they haven't been covered up, but come on, let's get into fact-based stuff. So that's just nuclear power. Can you imagine the, uh, I mean, first cold, cold fusion is another one of those things. 
So I think that the stuff that we're seeing, you know, uh, above the uh, atmosphere, if you will, somewhere in that 150 to 400 mile range where the last humans have gone. They say the ISS is like 250 miles up. Uh, humans have never gone beyond 400 miles other than the Apollo missions. And, you know, I watched a full thing on the Apollo missions. Uh, and they sit there at the end, they ask, and they're like, what do you think of the conspiracy theories? Oh, two people, and it's the same haggard, tired, bullshit answers. Two people can't keep a secret. There's no such thing as conspiracies. You know, I listened to Jim Garrison on uh, Johnny Carson, no less, back in 68, five years after the assassination of Kennedy. And man... If Carson at that moment wasn't the Jimmy Kimmel of the day or any of these talking heads and the same talking heads that talk back and bark back about 9-11 had every establishment talking point to try to refute Garrison and pump up the Warren Commission five years after they murdered the president. Hey, guess what, Holly Weirdos? Your time is coming. We got one more segment coming up in the first hour. Then we go over to rvmrumble.com. And now another word from our sponsor. Folks, we have a huge problem on our hands. A banking crisis is spiraling, and it's all thanks to the current administration's reckless spending, sky-high inflation, and massive interest rate hikes. Now, these banks are suffering. And guess what? They can legally seize your savings without notice to bail themselves out. That's right. Thanks to a sneaky law passed back in 2008, it's now legal for banks to take your hard-earned money, including your retirement savings, to save themselves. Now, this could leave your retirement accounts decimated and you paying the price for their disastrous policies. Take action now before it's too late. Now, this guide will show you how to defend your money and keep your retirement savings safe from the banking crisis and the current administration's financial fiasco. This simple and 100% legal strategy may help you protect your retirement against higher taxes, soaring inflation, and a volatile economy. So don't let your golden years be ruined by someone else's mistakes. To secure your free wealth protection guide and safeguard what's rightfully yours. Don't wait. The time to act is now. All right. I want to shift gears um, just a bit in this final segment because I really do have so many stories that I have not hit that I want to hit. We're going to hit the vast majority of them in that second hour. We're going to play the uh, nobody is safe till we're all safe. Nobody is safe till we're all safe. Nobody is safe till we're all safe clip. Uh, and that's a good 11 minutes. So that's a pretty big segment, but it's worth watching all the way through. It's a, a masterwork, really. I don't focus on immigration very much. Why don't I focus on immigration? Well, I think I went on a small rant about this. I think we're human beings. I think we all want what's best for us. Uh, I know that the system gets exploited. But when I see stuff like this, it just totally and completely infuriates me because we do need legal immigration. And we do need to allow those that go through the system properly and want to become U.S. citizens to do so. But I see that blocked all the time. And I can't imagine the frustration of somebody who's been here for more than a decade 
married an American woman, paid taxes, <laughs> rode around with the flag, and he can't get a citizenship. And then, like, it's not, like, that's not rare. And, you know, it's funny. Back in the day when I was in Oneana, I had a friend. Uh, they were, I, her, I barely knew her sister, but uh, I think her name was, her actual name was Fung. <laughs> I don't want to say what the last name is, uh, because then I'm going to give it away, but it was Cherry and Peachy, and they were Vietnamese, and they came over here uh, as young kids, I think somewhere in the 10 to 12 range, something like that. Cherry must have been in her 30s when I knew her, and she was still going through the immigration process trying to become a citizen. What? Held a job, paid taxes, the whole nine. Went to school here. Like, what's it going to take? Well, I'm going to play this clip just to show you the inversion cartoon reality of where we're really at uh, in this society. Because, again, if you're going to leave the borders wide open, if you're going to give people 10 years, or 10 years later we're going to have a hearing to see if, uh, if you're really a, a refugee status, we're going to take you. 10 years later. <laughs> I mean, come on. So let's watch this. Imagine this. You've lived in America for 13 years. You've paid taxes here. You've had all the right visas. You've done everything right. And then the vaccine comes in. And you, you, know, you don't agree with it. Or you have, like me, a medical exemption where I was medically exempted from it. But that's not good enough for the US government. I've gone and I've bought property in Southern California. I've lived here for 13 years. And the United States government just denied my green card. Just denied it. Like, I'm married to an American. I've got a kid here. I've lived here for 13 fucking years. And the United States government's putting me through this. I haven't been home for three years. Haven't seen my family. Had to push off my wedding. Had to do all these things just to live in America, just to be here. Put my heart and soul into this place. I've represented the American flag. I've done everything for this country. That guy's a, a medalist, multiple medalist in the X Games. And uh, actually, late 90s, I went to the one in Philadelphia. I saw the very first, uh, who is it? He's married to, to Pink, the pop star. Uh, the very first time someone on a, a dirt bike did a, a full flip. Started making it like a regular thing, but I was there for that. And uh, they, those guys are real athletes. Again, the guy's been here 13 years. 13, nope. Sorry. Sorry. That seems fair, right? That seems fair. Come on. Give me a break. I want to play how phony, okay, Chris Cuomo is. I, I've alluded to this clip. I put it on in the background. I think it's really important because, number one, it shows what a phony sellout he is. But every word out of his mouth, if you were to take this audio, and somebody should, put it into one of those new fandangled audio deep fakers and have Trump say the same thing, they'd be like, white supremacist, bigot, mega extremist, domestic terrorist. But if it's Chris Cuomo, now all of a sudden he can say these things because he works for uh, Dan Abrams now. Huh? 
Cuomo. <laughs> Special edition. Hey, I'm Chris Cuomo. It is Monday. We're live, and we're here on the border in El Paso, Texas. Uh, this is one of the famous or infamous gates uh, where we've seen scenes of people pouring through uh, all of the hordes of migrants that have become such a frightful image. He said hordes of migrants. Oh, come on. Are you seriously? You're going to make my audience go through that again? Uh, like, we, come on. Hordes of migrants. I guess that I can't even really... Well, I, I guess I clicked down here. Want to avoid the video ads? You got me, you bastards. We're, we're going to do it again. I'm sorry, guys. I'm Chris Cuomo. It is Monday. We're live, and we're here on the border in El Paso, Texas. Uh, this is one of the famous or infamous gates uh, where we've seen scenes of people pouring through uh, all of the hordes of migrants that have become such a frightful image on our televisions and our computer screens all over. Uh, we saw what it was. The director will show you what kinds of groups and crowds we had seen that was making everybody so worried about what will happen when Title 42, the emergency measure that the Trump administration executed to allow people during COVID to be restricted from here for not being vaccinated, not being able to show whether or not they'd had coronavirus, and then it was going to end and what would happen? And we saw all of these massive things and you heard all the politics about how there was going to be an invasion and now there's literally almost no one here. And for you, the absence of people should be more frightening than seeing the big groups. Because when you see big groups, that means you know where migrants are. Migrants whose identities they don't know, whose criminal backgrounds they don't know, whose intentions they don't know. So when they're not here, the question becomes obvious. Where are they? We're hearing the numbers, 10,000 a day, 10,000 a day. And those are very scary numbers. And I'll put them into context for you. We've never seen anything like it. But what we're not hearing is, well, what do they do with them? Are they are they all in custody? That can't be true because they don't have the capacity. So the answer becomes more and more likely to be that they've been quickly processed, given court dates in many cases, not all, and then sent out into the country. So they're not here. But the question is, are they somewhere near where you live? And not to create a boogeyman where we just released monsters into your midst, but it is the unknown that can carry danger. And if you look at our drone footage from today in Brownsville, which is another hot spot here where people are waiting, you'll see encampments of people waiting and watching. Why? Because there's strategy here, okay? People have plans. Many are very often they pay cartel-oriented um, and cartel-affiliated coyotes and fixers and smugglers who are making strategic decisions, who on the Mexican side are often working with officials to figure out when should they come What's going to happen? So the media made a big mistake taking a pass on this because we don't have the spectacle of massive crowds, okay? Because the absence should be more frightening because we need to know the answer of where they are. And it really is an indication of how broken this system is. And you have to remember, we do this to ourselves, okay? This border is not secure because that's the way the people in power prefer it. Right and left are wholly unreasonable on this issue. The right couldn't wait for the hordes to come through. And then when they didn't, we have our president laughing. Ha, ha, ha. It's not as bad as you expected. Really, with record numbers being processed and released into America. It's no laughing matter, but if it is a joke, the joke is on us. 
because the people in power are allowing this to continue. They know CBP is overwhelmed. Here's how we know that they know, okay? In 2019, the man in charge of protecting us in this situation was Secretary Jay Johnson. Remember him? During the Obama administration. Here's what he had to say about what frightened him in terms of overwhelming the system. Let me just hit that right there. I'm glad it didn't go to the uh, ads. I mean, again, if Trump said those things, white supremacist bigot. Now, this is mediaite. And their headline, the joke is on us. Chris Cuomo tears into Biden and the media for ignoring white uh, border crisis. Where's white supremacist Chris Cuomo? Where's neo-Nazi Chris Cuomo? Come on, mediaite. What's going on? I mean, every single thing he said is true. It is true. And look, I'm not trying to create boogeymen either. By the way, guys, not even 100 thumbs up over on YouTube. No one's going to see this one. That's okay. We're going over to Rumble uh, shortly. The final segment is almost over, and then we're going to head over there. We're going to uh, play that nobody is safe until everybody is safe video. But it also just shows what a sellout uh, Chris Cuomo is, what a loser he is. You know, he, he, he doesn't say what he feels. He says what he thinks is going to be profitable. Would he have ever been able to say that on CNN? Would he have wanted to say it on CNN? I mean, think think about everything he just said there. Like, if you if you deep faked him as Sean Hannity, it would probably be verbatim. Ver, uh, aside from the part blaming the Republicans too, right? Verbatim, Hannity, awful. Probably be a Fox News forever. They love him. They love him. And by the way, there uh, there's a supposed insider. One of the guys he used to go on the Tuck all the time. He's saying. Uh, he's making the claim, anyway, that the Tuckins being fired was part of the Dominion uh, settlement. I don't know if that, whether that's true or not, but that should also show you how effective that guy was if it was true that Dominion wanted him out and put that as part of the lawsuit. Again, it's about silencing voices of dissent. This is a fake voice of dissent. This is a disingenuous, glorified TikToker. And don't worry, Chris, you're going to be replaced with AI as well. Might take a little longer because I think Dan Abrams actually has some scruples and uh, wants to put together a media organization. But I promise you, buddy, it's not just going to be Holly weird. It's going to be all you losers in the media, too. <laughs> They'll probably bring back Oprah for 100 years. That's, that's if, you know, somehow... Oprah and the gang uh, don't achieve their eternal life biologically for their transhumanism, right? The Kush, uh, Kush Kush there, Jared Kushner, he's out there. He's like, you know, my generation is going to be the last to die. The last to die, or the first to live forever. <laughs> I'm sure they really intend for us, the general populace, to live forever. One more word from our sponsor, and then we're going to go over into the second hour. Again, thumbs up, subscribe, and share. Redvoicemedia.com slash uncensored for the great interviews uh, that we're doing on top of the eight hours for RVM. We love the internet, but the internet is tracking everything you do. Take control of your online privacy with IP Vanish. People with malicious intent are everywhere watching you 
criminals can hack your Wi-Fi, while broadband providers and advertisers monitor your data. With IPVanish on your device, your internet activity is encrypted. No one can see what you're doing. Your location, your connection, completely hidden. Protect your internet privacy today with IPVanish. Okay, YouTube, you know the drill. We got to go. Thumbs it up, subscribe, share, check out all the videos, watch the documentary films, and YouTube, we will see you on the flip side. All right, now that we're out of Sensor Village, it's time to play it. Uh, this is a masterwork. Matt Orfella, again, doing just great mashups to show you what liars the media are, what liars the government are. Okay, how they all have the same Bernaysian bullshiz talking point. That's a big deal. So let's do it to it. Um, this, again, just, just an absolute masterwork. Nobody is safe. Well, what's going on here? No! 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 Yeah, why would it work, right? That's okay. It's okay. You know what? We're going to find it. We're gonna we're gonna just go to it uh, on the uh, on the Twitter. How does that, how did that work? So I downloaded it and for some reason it didn't have any audio on it. So weird. Matt Orphelia. We'll do it live. We'll do it live. Here it is, pinned to the top. Bam. We want to make sure that people can discern the truth from the misinformation. And we want to make sure that everyone understands that no one's safe till everyone's safe. No one is 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 safe. Nobody is safe. This is a post 9-11 axiom. Safer but not yet safe. No one is safe. No one is safe. No one is safe. No one is safe from COVID-19 until everyone is safe. If the whole world isn't safe, none of us are safe. No one is safe. No one is safe. Nobody is safe until we're all safe. Health experts have been saying nobody is safe. Nobody is safe until everybody is safe. Nobody is safe. Science is clear. None of us are safe. There is no safety. No one is safe. No one is safe. No one is safe. No one is safe until everyone is safe. No one's safe. Nobody is safe. Nobody's safe. No one's safe. We'll never be safe until we're all safe. We are never going to be safe. 99.5% of people are safe and will survive COVID-19. Uh, the only positive thing out of this is we should be able to manufacture a lot of vaccines and... Nobody will be safe if not everybody is vaccinated. You don't have a choice. As long as not everybody is vaccinated, nobody will be safe. Normalcy only returns when we've largely vaccinated the entire global population, so... Get the fucking vaccine! You need to get vaccinated, and if you don't, you are going to die. I know you're vaccinated. You're the smart ones, but you know there's people out there who aren't listening to God and what God wants. You know who they are. The unvaccinated people. My message to unvaccinated Americans is this. If you are the unvaccinated, you are the problem. You're the problem. Condemn them, shame them, blame them. The only people that you can blame are the unvaccinated. Frankly, we can't trust the unvaccinated. They should not be part of polite society. The lunatics who won't take COVID vaccines. Walking around lawfully unvaccinated. That's psychotic. If you're willing to walk a among us unvaccinated, you are an enemy. You have no right not to be vaccinated. You don't have the right to contaminate someone. You can't go around pointing a gun in somebody's face, which is what it is when people are unvaccinated. They are all idiots and 
losers. This is a real movement in this country against the unvaccinated. Jennifer Aniston is cutting non-vaccinated people out of her life. The unrepentant, unvaccinated. They should be removed from the hospital. Those who refuse to be vaccinated should be denied health care. Vaccinated person having a heart attack? Yes, come right on in. We'll take care of you. Unvaccinated guy? Rest in peace, Wheezy. You're... Some doctors are saying they'll refuse treatment for people who choose not to get the shot. Why are hospital and ICU resources going to them? Morons who will not get the shot. The unvaccinated clowns. Idiots who think that they can do their own research. Don't do any of your own research. Doing your own research is associated with conspiracy theory circles. This go-it-alone approach, doing your own research. It can have serious consequences. You should get prison time for even questioning the vaccines. Can we all stop saying, I need to do my own research? That phrase, do your own research, four words, four little words that are hurting America. Doing your own research hurts America. Everybody has a supercomputer in their hand that empowers them to do their own research, and that's the problem. You must not do your own research. Oh, I need to do my own research. I don't have to understand what that means. I'm doing my own research. You can't do your own research unless you're a scientist. Don't do your own research. Maybe you've told yourself you're playing it safe, you just want to wait and see since this is a new vaccine. No. Throw the up and get the vaccine. Unvaccinated people spread the virus. Get the vaccine, you dope. Don't be a Get yourself vaccinated. That's just all there is to it. There's no excuse. No excuse for being unvaccinated. There's no rational and no emotional argument that adds up against getting your damn shot. There just isn't. But you made a conscious decision not to get the vaccine. I also have natural immunity. So for me, personally, this vaccine poses a greater risk than a benefit. I'm also not a risk to any of you. Let's look at the science. So we see that the natural infection is given greater protection or slightly greater protection than vaccination. This is a vaccine that was created to prevent severity of disease and to prevent hospitalizations. But the vaccine does not prevent you from getting COVID and does not prevent you from transmitting COVID. Oh my COVID. goodness. Reality, oh no, we have that's seen that. not so. Come on. No, You've been at Fox TV too long. You have to enjoy. I just so really again, don't think that we again, should allow Sonny. this kind of misinformation. The virus stops with every vaccinated person. Do it so you stop spreading terrible disease. And that vaccine, a key goal is to stop the transmission so that you get almost no, almost no uh, infection going on whatsoever. Expectation for vaccines is not to get infected. A vaccinated person gets exposed to the virus. The virus does not infect them. When the virus gets to you, you stop it. You're not going to catch it. You're not going to get sick. You're not going to transmit it. The vaccine is absolutely bulletproof. Vaccines block you from getting and giving the virus. 100% effective at preventing COVID. The vaccine prevents you from getting infected. It is to keep you from getting it and then spreading it. We have the ability to stop COVID in its tracks. You're not going to get COVID if you have these vaccinations. Biden tests positive for COVID-19. When people are vaccinated, they can feel safe that they are not going to get infected. Dr. Fauci tests positive for COVID-19. Vaccinated people do not carry the virus, don't get sick. The CDC director tests positive for COVID-19. Get your vaccine. 
Pfizer CEO tests positive for COVID. Pfizer CEO tests positive for COVID again. CDC director tests positive for COVID again. Fauci tests positive for COVID again. Joe Biden tests positive for COVID again. Cases up 258%. The majority of these cases are among the vaccinated. And this area is the most vaccinated part of Massachusetts. So many fully vaccinated people are testing positive. So people here are a bit angry. We are all really concerned about what this means long term. I was vaccinated and I got COVID. And <laughs> almost everyone we know with vaccinations uh, had uh, at least one bout of it. Uh, our vaccines work better uh, than we could have possibly uh, hoped they would work. Uh, we are not the problem. The problem are the unvaccinated. The unvaccinated threat. Unvaccinated people are a threat, a direct threat. The threat to all of us. The unvaccinated are a risk to all of us. People have a right to be protected from the unvaccinated. Maybe there should be laws that allow them to be kept out of the building. So at least, thankfully, they're not breathing the same air. Their freedom to breathe will diminish. Start firing the unvaccinated. If you don't vaccinate, you'll be fired. Time to come down on the unvaccinated. They should be banned from the VA, banned from restaurants, banned from other businesses and colleges. Companies should not treat us as equal. Place unvaccinated people under arrest. the unvaccinated that has put America in the place that it is. We are losing freedom because people are unvaccinated. Anger towards the unvaccinated. Furious at the unvaccinated. Frustrated with America. Still not vaccinated. Not to be vaccinated seems criminal. Suspects face years behind bars for coughing on police officers. Their freedom. For them. Charged with terrorist threats. They have no individual rights when it comes to the vaccine. Really, you're killing other people. You're being attacked by unvaccinated. It's the unvaccinated who aren't wearing masks. It's the unvaccinated who aren't social distancing. It's the unvaccinated going to crowded indoor events. It is not your right as an American citizen to catch and transmit a potentially fatal infection. So screw your freedom. We can coerce you. You're not going to be able to travel to see your family. If someone in your family isn't vaccinated, should you ask them not to show up? Yes. You really shouldn't have anyone unvaccinated come to dinner. That's just a huge risk. If you want to come out into public, if you want to live your life, you need to get the vaccination. It's time for people to see vaccination as literally necessary. You should have to show that you're vaccinated in order to go places. Unvaccinated tennis players can't travel to the U.S. If you're not vaccinated, you're not welcome. Our patience is wearing thin. Why hasn't the president focused more on scolding the unvaccinated? The refusal has cost all of us. Continued damage the unvaccinated are doing to themselves and the country. How come migrants are allowed to come into this country unvaccinated, but world-class tennis players are not? <laughs> you know... And uh, back to our lead story, uh, uh, the pandemic of the unvaccinated. fact is, this is a pandemic of the unvaccinated. Experts call it a pandemic of the unvaccinated. Still a pandemic of the unvaccinated. The disease of the unvaccinated. It is the unvaccinated who are the problem. Period. End of story. The unvaccinated also put our economy at risk. This is a tyranny of the unvaccinated right now. The unvaccinated, not the vaccinated, the unvaccinated. That's the problem. That's the pandemic of the unvaccinated. Pandemic of the unvaccinated. All this is a pandemic of the unvaccinated. The only pandemic we have is among the unvaccinated. It's a pandemic because of the unvaccinated. When you get the vaccine, you will not die. That's right. That's right. This is a simple, basic proposition. If you're vaccinated, you're not going to die. If you're vaccinated, you don't have a risk. It's as simple as black and white. You are not going to die if you are vaccinated. That's it, full stop. You're unvaccinated, you're at risk. You're vaccinated, you're safe. A majority of Americans dying from coronavirus are vaccinated. COVID-19 isn't a pandemic of the unvaccinated anymore.
we didn't really understand the fatality rate. You know, we didn't understand that it's a fairly low fatality rate and that it's a disease mainly of the elderly, kind of like flu is, although a bit different. We have two Americas, an unvaccinated, at-risk America and a vaccinated America. I wear my vaccinated necklace all the time to say I'm vaccinated. You, the vaccinated, are the last best hope to overcome the unvaccinated minority. I need you to be my apostles. I need you to go out and talk about it. We are seeking to enlist you in a benevolent conspiracy to join in the unfinished war against the sins of the unvaccinated. And it's a war. A forever war. The war against COVID-19. The vaccine hesitancy on Earth, too, has the potential to compromise all of the hard-fought progress that we've made here on Earth One. This is the greatest threat to life that we have ever faced. Metropolitan areas are now banning all private gatherings. This bar owner arrested for reopening illegally. Unvaccinated, we are looking at a winter of severe illness and death. Death, death. For yourselves, your families. If the unvaccinated are not to blame, who is? If only we had a vaccine against BS. Absolute masterwork. The vital part of preparing for hurricane season is to get vaccinated now. Everything is more complicated if you're not vaccinated in a hurricane. <laughs> Just, again, a masterwork. That's why I really didn't interrupt it. Um, felt like that needed to be shown. Their kid, that guy kills it, right? Like, come on. Uh, it really shows you how far these people went, how they didn't mind lying to your face about everything and anything. And even worse than that, this is a DARPA-developed hate and lie shot that in no way, let me repeat this, in no way benefited anybody for any reason. There was nothing here. Let me repeat that. Nothing, nothing that saved a life, period. And we, we got to stop pretending that that's the case. Because, like, if we let them get away with this lie that somehow, you, oh, we're saving lives. You, you didn't save any lives. Stop. There, there were no lives saved. And I think that he did a, a masterwork, if you will, of displaying their Johnny nonsense, their hysterics, and once again, they, they didn't save any lives, didn't save any lives, didn't save any lives, didn't stop hospitalizations. No, they hurt people. They hurt people. And they knew they were going to hurt people. And this is premeditated, and it's the world that we live in. Okay. Ton more stuff to do here. Uh, I want to go down the line of some of the stories that I have missed uh, because of uh, Bilderberg being a large focus of this show, and still should be. There's actually a couple Bilderberg stories still in here. We'll see where we get. Um, because I got, I got quite a few other clips that I want to play as well. Uh, thumbs it up, subscribe, and share wherever you're watching, guys. Again, I couldn't do it without you. Brittany Griner is a puppet for the Biden administration. Leah Thomas is a bigot. And why I left ESPN after being unable to speak out. Charlie Arnault. Uh, reveals in her newfound freedom and takes on the hottest issues in sports. And 
you know, I don't watch a, a ton of ESPN, but because of the UFC in the background, and, you know, I'm somewhat aware, definitely seen this person, see what I mean? Outside covering the UFC. And good for her standing up and saying, you know, reality is reality. I'm not going to bend the knee to this nonsense. You are built differently than a woman. Anyone who tries to make the argument that there is a gender spectrum, you can uh, you can believe whatever you want, but science will tell you, the DNA will tell you, there was a man and there was a woman. I don't care how you want to identify at ground zero, that's who you are. I find it offensive as a woman when a man decides that just because they have decided to live their life and identify differently, that now... They can enter into a space that belongs to women that they have fought so hard for and just completely obliterate the success and opportunities that they should have. Don't disagree with anything she said right there. Spot on. All right, let's keep going down. So you would think that this is a parody or a cartoon. It's not. It's not. This is uh, the attorney, uh, General Hamilton, talking about Mayor uh, Eric Adams' plan, okay, to stop the just overwhelming amount of retail fraud, or uh, theft, I'm sorry, not fraud, in New York City. Uh, give first-time offenders intervention programs instead of prosecution. They do that in most cases if they prosecute at all first-time offenders. That's, that's, that's not new. De-escalation training for retail employees. There is no de-escalation. They came to steal something. If they truly came to steal it, you're not de-escalating it through magic words. Establish neighborhood retail watch groups to share theft info in real time with one another and the NYPD. Yeah, let's create a citizen snitch squad that's not at work for some reason, working for us, but not to actually prosecute. Let's find out who the snitches will be and who will work for us undercover, and then they can report the criminals that we won't prosecute. Totally makes sense. Install kiosks in the store to connect would-be thieves with social service programs. Yes, because uh, if you're on a social service program, there's no way that you're one of these thieves. What? Oh, wait, wait, oh, wait. That, that's not real either. You're like, many people that unfortunately decide to take a, a uh, life of crime are also social service grifters too. And by the way, even if they're not, the chance that someone who went into a store to steal something, that they're going to sit down at a kiosk so that they can apply for social service programs is ridiculous. <laughs> and again, this is it. This is real. This isn't the onion. It's not the Babylon Bee. It's uh, Mayor Eric Adams in New York City. But, you know, no, you know, New York City's not falling apart. That's all hype. That's right-wing hype. Come on. Give me a break. Um, Carrie Lake. Uh, I, I just see so many people still attacking Carrie Lake, especially for trying to get justice in the election that was so clearly stolen from her. And she uh, just put out there Kristen Cinema who um, Bilderberg superstar last year, uh, darling of the independent party now, she's an independent, and Ruben Gallego uh, both pushed the fake Russia hoax. Very, very sad for the great state 
that our so-called leaders would push bogus propaganda and lie to Arizonians. Arizona deserves better. Meanwhile, they constantly uh, say that Carrie Lake, you know, she's the one on the big lie. She's She thinks Trump won. She's a liar. She thinks she won. Again, you can, you can believe reality, and everywhere that Carrie Lake goes, she gets cheers and claps, and she's beloved. Everywhere Katie Hobbs goes, she gets booed. She doesn't make public appearances. She's so disliked. But Katie Hobbs won. Katie Hobbs, the governor. Okay. Um, FBI agents testifying on alleged abuses had clearances revoked over security concerns. And these are the same FBI agents that said their lives have basically been destroyed for, for trying to tell the truth about uh, the operations that took place on January 6th and before. It's not something I focused on. I know a lot of other people are. Uh, I am afraid it is going to get caught up in that left-right spectrum, even though it's not a left-right issue, in my opinion. And, you know, this is a truth issue. It's something that I'm certainly uh, going to delve deeper into uh, later on, for sure, 100%. Okay, let's keep going down the line here. I've got that clip. Why don't we play that now, actually? You know, it's one of the reasons I really like Peter McCullough. I was sitting and uh, just having a quick conversation with Peter McCullough. I think I think it was before, it may, it may have been after I interviewed him. I think it was after I interviewed him, so he was kind of familiar with me. And I uh, was sitting and waiting to use the bathroom. It was kind of like the back media press thing at the Reawaken America tour in Nashville. And Jay Dyer walked in as I was talking to him, uh, Peter McCullough. And we were talking about how he had just been to a Christian retreat with his wife. He was talking about the trans agenda and what they're doing to these kids. And I, and I told him, I'm like, this is really a transhuman agenda. Are you familiar with Martine Rothblatt. And he goes, no. And he, but he looks at me and he goes, he, he looks me in the eye and he goes, but I can tell that you're very, very well versed in this and very into it. And I go, well, you better believe I am. And uh, I, I believe that this guy is a genuine guy. He's the real deal. Uh, he, he, needs, he needs to be amplified because he's telling more and more truth. This is a real issue. And again, it's a transhuman one. It's a transhuman one. So here's uh, Peter uh, McCullough over at the Reawaken America Tour. By the way, interviewed Clay Clark yesterday. Uh, I believe I'm going to be playing that interview tomorrow in the second hour uh, along with uh, possibly another interview or pieces of interviews for that second hour. So you're going to want to tune into that. Uh, Clay was, you know, playing some big clips of, I believe it was the Muskernuts and other AI people as well, but let's uh, let's do this Peter uh, McCullough clip. What is feeding into this is a tremendous exposure to advanced uh, images and material depicting sexual acts in children at a very young age. Remember, children are largely formed in terms of their state of mind and their being by age six. So any exposure during these early years leaves a permanent imprint on a child. It's impossible to erase that input. The medical community has taken a giant shift towards this very dark area of transgenderism. Some say it's just for money. 
Some say it's just for diversity, uh, equity, and inclusion. This is just uh, us trying to expand our reach of what we would accept and what we wouldn't accept in one another. But I'm telling you as a doctor, it's causing harm. It's causing harm, and no good doctor would do this to normal individuals in a sense as offering a treatment for gender dysphoria. The answers are in surgery and hormonal therapy is hurting young people who have ambiguity in their, uh, around the time of puberty. So we need to take action now, support legislation to get this out of American medicine, get it out quick. And we need to take these steps really to, to, preserve, to preserve our children from what is occurring right in front of us as a plague, and it's a plague of immorality. None of us have a problem with diversity, equity, and inclusion in people's choices as adults. And this has gone on since the you know, beginning of mankind. People make various choices. They make choices in, in how they conduct themselves, uh, the use of you know, all the different things that people engage in in their lives and their, uh, and their families, their choice of spouse, uh, various you know, gender preferences. What people do as adults, it's on their own time, it's on their own risk, and for sure, they have the responsibility for their behaviors and their actions. But again, they want to make children, essentially, into adults to break up the family, to take away parental rights, and to bring in an era of transgenics. Transgenics, transgenics, transgenics. Can't say it enough. All right. I want to hit this story quick, and then I'm going to uh, play a uh, clip from some of the uh, premium uh, on Bilderberg, one of those great interviews we do. Remember, redvoicemedia.com slash uncensored. That's where you can go uh, check it out and uh, really become a part of the RVM family, support the broadcast. But right here, Judge Bam's question about Pink Beret. Oh, after Target of January 6th, conspiracy theory is charged. Claims that Jenna, uh, Jennifer Inzunza Vargas Geller, a California woman now facing federal charges, was a government operative were nothing but speculation, a judge said. This is out of May 17th. Now, here's the deal. The questions need to be able to be asked. That's the problem here. So, I don't know whether or not this person was law enforcement or an informant or had nothing to do. We came there and did those things on their own accord. The question should be able to be asked. And unfortunately, when you can't ask the questions and you can't get an answer, number one, you can't get the truth on the record. But number two, there may be the possibility because, again, you're dealing with law enforcement. You're dealing with... Uh, agencies like Homeland Security and the FBI, maybe at a classification level where they will lie to your face and you have to prove them liars to get to the truth. But we can't even do that anymore. It's a big, big issue. And this is how the authoritarians like it. This is how they like it. 
Ukrainian Foreign Minister Dimito Kuleb gave a press conference in Lisbon, Portugal, that's where this was, before going to Bilderberg at the Pastata Palace. So did NATO Chief Jen Stolenberg. Great. Now about holding one after Bilderberg. Exactly. They gear up, they go have the talks, and then we don't know, and we really don't know still who this American diplomat, who wasn't on the list, was there for two hours, who had a motorcade, was. Guaranteed, whoever was in that motorcade makes more decisions and is much more powerful in the sense of policy than Joe Biden could ever be at this point. A hundred percent. They wouldn't waste their time on someone like Joe Biden right now because he is il popito. He's, he's zombie J. He ain't making decisions at all. So uh, to talk some Bilderberg here, uh, check this uh, clip out from uh, some of the primo. AI is at the top of the agenda. Sam Altman is in attendance, far from the only AI guy. But I mention Altman because this week, what? He was before Congress giving testimony talking about the dangers of AI and regulation of AI. On top of his operation, DeepMind, Microsoft, other big tech names like Palantir, Carp, Teal, also there. On top of that, heavy on prime ministers, heavy on the NATO alliance, no OPEC representatives, no Chinese representatives, no BRICS representatives, and although they're usually not in full force there, there is some representation. And then we have to talk about the very sparse alternative media that is there and doing a great job. Uh, Josh Friedman, Dan Dix, uh, a gentleman, uh, gentleman with the last name Cavallo, who actually put out the Lisbon Portugal information months ago. And of course, um, really comedy writer slash mainstream journalist turned into Bilderberg aficionado Charlie Skelton, who uh, just hours ago has put up his uh, first article on the matter at Bilderberg's big wig bash, two things are guaranteed, Kissinger and secrecy. So I thought we would grab Stuart J. Hooper, who has done great work across the board on globalization, these types of organizations, the parapolitics or the deep politics that you're not hearing about in the mainstream. And to start that off, Stuart, let's talk about the history of Bilderberg, how it was formed, its satellite organizations, and then why it's so important. Then we'll move into this year. Go ahead. Yeah, thanks a lot, uh, Jason. Really great to be back um, with you as always. Um, always great to talk to your audience. Um, which is is useful because we both come at this from a very similar angle in, in seeing these problems as very real, very relevant. And I know that you have spoken in the past with Peter Dale Scott, who of course coined this term deep state and deep politics, um, which even unfortunately um, in academic circles now has just fallen into something that is automatically um, now associated with Donald Trump. And therefore, because Trump used this term, surely it must be illegitimate legitimate right surely there's nothing to it. it must all just be some wild conspiracy theory out of nowhere um but 
the unfortunate reality is that these are very real concepts and if you take the time to think about how they work and how they operate um yeah th this has some very real impact so in terms of the bilderberg group and what this has been throughout its history um, it's really a meeting place for top politicians, corporate leaders, banking chiefs, um, prestigious academics, um, major figures within the media sphere, um, even the legal sphere as well, the military, the CIA. Um, it's a place where all of these different elites can come together um, and eventually we'll get the emergence of other organizations like NATO, the OECD, the IMF, the World Bank, um, and you will get individuals from these institutions also coming to Bilderberg and meeting with all of these other um, types of figures that I just discussed. So the first meeting that they actually hold is in 1945. Um, and it's really trying to continue the development of what would be an Atlantic community. Let, let me stop you there. Are you sure it's 45 world? or 54? Oh, yeah, 54. 54 yeah, yeah, right. it, it took a little bit after the, the post-World War II mm -hmm. era. I do want to make sure people understand mm -hmm. that because 45 is kind of on the cusp. This is mm -hmm. uh, where the OSS starts to morph into the Central Intelligence Agency. This is the time period where Born Classified becomes a reality post-Manhattan Project and compartmentalization. And the reason that I bring that up is is because Bilderberg seems to be at the apex of those military industrial complex organizations that are kind of vying for power around that time. And it seems mm -hmm. that that group is formed kind of in response to this new, uh, I would say techno-fascistic way of running supposed quote-unquote democratic societies. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but in this post-war world, um, we do have this group that finds themselves now in opposition to what's going to be the Soviet Union um, and Stalin and the issues that Stalin, of, of course, causes in the post-war world. Um, so what they're trying to do here really at Bilderberg is remove some of the causes of transatlantic friction, we could say, that have occurred um, throughout the prior decades and, of course, led to two world wars um, to this point. Um, so what they're trying to do is create mutual confidence and mutual friendship amongst each other um, all of these different people from these different places these different elements of society um, something that immediately stands out is that nearly all of the american Bilderbergers, at least they are members of the council on foreign relations um, so this is an interesting connection here what we have to um, consider well if the members of a group are all members of another group well what do these groups stand for um, that's ultimately what you have to um, try to analyze here what do these groups stand for who is a, a member of these uh, groups and therefore what are they trying to push in wider society and not just um, domestic society but across borders and um, really across um, the entire world um, importantly what you end up with them is meetings that are very non-partisan. Um, they want to bring in absolutely everybody from all corners of the political spectrum because they want to co-opt all corners of the political spectrum. They want all of the potential avenues for opposition, let's say, to fall in line with their overall grand scheme for um, what they see as a positive future for the world. Get the whole story on Red Voice Media Premium using the link below completely uncensored and ad-free.
I'm muted. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> Had the mute on. Don't have the mute on anymore. Uh, redvoicemedia.com. Yep, I got you, Krista. <laughs> I was mute. Yes, I was. Um, redvoicemedia.com slash uncensored. Uh, that's where you can sign up. 10 bucks a month. Get that great interview with Stuart J. Hooper. Uh, get my recent interview with Jay Dyer. We've got uh, great stuff coming up this weekend with Jamie Deluxe, who just had yet another one of his YouTube channels uh, censored and a strike given for a video he did five, six years ago. A uh, really great conversation with him. So consider supporting the broadcast. Now, Stuart J. Hooper talked a little bit about the Council on Foreign Relations, and I want to talk about the CFR quickly right now in regards to Tulsi Gabbard. I like Tulsi Gabbard. I don't think she's perfect. Um, I also don't believe that she's got all the right info. I know people that have worked with Tulsi Gabbard. If you watched yesterday's show, um, my uh, my buddy Nico House, who I, I think we had a really great conversation yesterday. And, and I think that that conversation shows, I hope, a lot of people out there of a conservative nature that you might just have uh, a lot more in common with a leftist like Nico House than even a uh, mainline, quote-unquote, conservative on important issues. Just point that out. Anyway, uh, he's not the only one. The Jackman brothers also worked, and the Jackman brothers did a great interview with RFK. I've seen, uh, quote-unquote, Chief Nerd and others posting clips. I think Vigilant Fox has posted clips of that. I got to get the uh, the Jackman boys back on the program. They're, they're fantastic. In fact, maybe I'll reach out to them for, for a premium as well because they're great. They worked on the uh, Gabbard campaign. Um, you know, they, they worked pretty closely, not only with her, but her husband being around. They got a good beat on her. I think we all have our blind spots. There's some naivety, especially when you get into the realm of politics. There kind of has to be when you're on the outside and not on the inside, and you start to get there. And the fact of the matter is, Tulsi Gabbard was absolutely a member of the Council on Foreign Relations. Okay, this is something that's been pointed out by... Derek Bros and others, and I certainly uh, have been critical on the Council on Foreign Relations as kind of like this satellite NGO organization that is pro-globalization and people like Dick Cheney and Hillary Clinton have bragged that they set policy, essentially. In fact, I think it was Dick Cheney that joked about the fact that he was the president of the Council on Foreign Relations, but they he wasn't telling his uh, constituents back home. <laughs> Anyway, Tulsi got out of the Council on Foreign Relations. However, uh, more recently, continually, I see that she's a young global leader, young global leader, WEF, young global leader. Well, she's answered for this several times, um, but recently she's done so again, and I think she gave her best answer so far, at least the most detailed answer, with uh, Dr. Drew. So we're going to play that clip right now. World Economic Forum. Did, did that? Did you interview somebody recently or say something about that recently? Yeah, no, that's it's it's something that I've been seeing pop up a little bit on social media. Uh, people who, uh, so so basically, what what happened was early. Uh, I don't know, maybe in the first or second year that I served in Congress, um, I found out that my picture and name had been placed on the World Economic Forum's website under this category they have listed as young global leaders. And it, I looked at it and I was like, okay, well, they have different people of different political parties and from around the world that are on this website. I was never asked to join and I was never informed by them that they had put my 
my uh, name and picture on their website. And I honestly didn't know that much about it. Um, but uh, people have said, oh, well, what did you learn by graduating from Klaus Schwab's Young Global Leaders uh, Academy or, or all this stuff? And, and it's just, it's, it's unfortunate um, that there's a lot of, um, uh, I don't know, false assumptions being made, I guess. It's an organization I've never gone to any of their shenanigans. That's a good word. Uh, <laughs> I've never gone to any of their events. I didn't graduate from any. I've literally not had any had, had anything to do with uh, the World Economic Forum. And the reason, though, the reason why people are concerned about this is actually very important. And I'm glad to just make clear that there is no connection between me and the World Economic Forum. You know, the World Economic Forum is is essentially pushing this and, and Klaus Schwab and Glenn Beck wrote a whole book about this uh, for those who want more information. But basically, they're pushing this super globalist agenda where you have corporate powers of like the most wealthy of the wealthy attempting mm. to create whatever they want to call it, some new world order set the rules for the world that supersede and undermine the sovereignty of, of countries, uh, undermining our, our democracy, essentially. And that's really what is so dangerous. And their intent, of course, uh, you know, they claim to know what is best for us more than we know ourselves. Oh, world Economic Forum. Did, did... World Economic Forum. So there it is. I think it was a great answer. Um, I think she was very um, honest about the whole thing. She even used the terminology... New World Order. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Did, did Tulsi use it? Oh, okay. It's a big deal. It's a big, big deal. So, I want to bring this up really quickly. I got nothing but love and respect for Dr. Naomi Wolf. Interviewed her well over a decade ago where um, she had done a book on the 10 steps where America's freedom was eroding and going into a uh, dictatorship. We've seen a lot of that come to fruition over those uh, last 10 plus years. And, you know, earlier on, I was talking about God and spirituality and how I feel. And when I saw this, it kind of just took me aback really quick because I'd also seen this other video from Naomi Klein. Now, Naomi Klein wrote The Shock Doctrine and is still somewhat a um, darling of the left. Naomi Wolf used to be. You know, she was a... a a leftist that I, I honestly, I very much respected and still do. Uh, she's now been shunned by, by much of the left. She said, an irony, Satan is working uh, so hard since 2020. This made me actually believe in God. And this is, I mean, it's just incredible. The at target campaign to manufacture their new product line for pride month. You know, the one where men have, uh, bikinis now, and there's room for your junk in the bikini, you know, because again, it's a transhuman movement, and transhumanism is the inversion of nature and reality. Yeah, they hired a Satanist to manufacture it. No biggie. No biggie. He self identified gay, transgender, and Satanist. Oh. Again. So. I saw that from Naomi Wolf. Let's go back. That she started believing in God. You know, McCullough is obviously a believer in God. And I have this clip here of Naomi Klein basically talking smack about the real Naomi. So today is the day that I finally... 
finally get to share a little bit about what I've been working on for the past couple of years. It's a pretty big departure for me. It's more personal, it has more jokes, more honesty about just how fucked things actually are. It's definitely gonna make some pretty unhinged people very angry. Oh, the unhinged are going to be angry. This, this woman couldn't be unhinged. It's called Doppelganger. It's about having a doppelganger, and it's also about all kinds of other ways that reality seems to be warping and doubling in this digital hall of mirrors. It's happening in our politics as far-right movements cosplay solidarity with the working classes. It's happening in our culture as AI hoovers up music and paintings and fiction and spits out imitations and deep fakes. This person might as well be an imitation or a deep fake. You notice how she's reading off a script? And look, there's a time, listen, you're you're shooting a commercial. Um you're you're reading for a documentary or a TV series. There's time for scripts. But just take a look. I mean, this is how scripted this person is. Had to write this isn't from the heart. This is prepped and practiced and done so poorly. Uh, Ms. Klein. We do it to ourselves as we create our digital doubles, our brands and our avatars filtered and curated just so. I'm not filtering anything. I'm not curating anything. I'm 100% real. I'm the real deal Holyfield. And if you are too, and not part of this weird celebritard culture, you might be able to hang on to what some might refer to as a soul in this upcoming AI transhumanist societal nightmare that is approaching at a rapid pace. I call this uncanny maze of mimicry and doubling the mirror world. When I write books, I try to make maps that help orient us in our moment in time. That's what I tried to do with No Logo way back in the day. And then with the shock doctrine, and this changes everything. Doppelganger is my attempt to make sense of the wildness of now. It's out on September 12th, and I'll have more news soon. Sign up for my newsletter. Sign up for my newsletter. No thanks. No thanks. And again, that, that's, that's a push of establishment junk. And nobody gets everything right. Maybe this woman has like more blind spots than you can imagine. But Naomi Wolf, thank you, Naomi Clown. Clown oh, did I call her Naomi Clown? I'm sorry, Naomi Klein? No thank you. Okay, so I've talked a lot about Twitter. I've talked a lot about how there's still suppression within the algorithm. I, I hate bitching about myself. I do. I, I get it. I'm never going to be a rock star on the major media platforms. I'm going to kick and scream to try to get you know, followers, subscribers elsewhere so we can continue to do this broadcast. I'm proud to be the lead hitter here at Red Voice Media, but we got to move you over to the alternatives like Rumble and Rockfin, okay? And I've got to pay now to put my show on Twitter and still not get traction. Should I pay to promote too? Like that's the next step. Take more money from me when I'm clearly shadow banned. And it's not just me and it's not just political people. I want to play this clip. And this is a guy that... Um, Essentially, you know, I think he was a sports broadcaster and he does like funny uh, commentary over sports videos that are short. And he's just talking about how 
Twitter was so heavily censoring his past account, they had to make a new one that had a got a fraction, okay, fraction of the quote-unquote followers and is doing numbers multiple times the last account. Why? Because that account is clearly shadow banned. What up, everybody? Yes, this is my new page, the official new page. Uh, just a quick explanation of things. My last page, uh, they made it difficult for new followers to follow me. Uh, we were going from 10 to 20,000 followers to one follower a month. Uh, so that's pretty obvious what was going on. Obviously, a lot of people were saying they weren't seeing my, uh, my post on the old page. Uh, and that's normal. I've been hearing that for years. But I just figured it was time because, you know, when your engagement drops down below, you kind of have to check the other social medias to maybe see, maybe my content sucks, right? So when you go to the other social media platforms, and those are actually literally kicking ass on a commie platform out of all places, then you got to kind of go to the drawing board and go, what the hell's really going on? So uh, we did this. I want to thank everybody who's already jumped aboard. I felt like I need to make videos so you know it's officially me. No, this is not AI. Uh, I'm actually this ugly in real life. But I want to thank everybody for uh, understanding and making the transition. Uh, but yeah, that it is what it is. Uh, you know, we were only literally getting like probably 100 people seeing our stuff. Uh, I know some people were seeing my stuff because they hit the notification bell. So they'll get notifications all the time. Uh, that was one way of seeing it. But those were the only people seeing it out of 166,000. Uh, am I bitter? No. If I was bitter, I wouldn't start over. So, you know, trying to start over makes it a little easier. And now it's funny that the page that has 30,000 followers that we just started has more engagement than the page with 166,000 followers. So it's absolutely, uh, absolutely correct what the hell is going on. We're obviously been shadow banned from the previous Soy admins for being pieces of garbage that they are. The curse still holds. So uh, thank you so much for making that transition over to the new non-essential commentary. The curse still holds. The curse still holds. And by the way, it, it, you know, the previous admins, I'm talking the last decade plus. The last decade plus. It has been so hard to get a semi-viral tweet about anything. About anything. You know how many periscopes and live videos and posts we put up here? It's, it's astounding. And the other thing is that I notice in my feed, I never see Joe Rogan anymore. I've been following Joe Rogan. Joe Rogan also follows me. Um, following Joe Rogan since my inception on the thing, a platform since 2011. Absolutely engaged with a ton of his tweets. Just one day, no, 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 no. You no see Joe. No Joe Rogan. So, you know, if they'll limit uh, tweets of one of the most powerful people in podcasting, entertainment, and uh, sports entertainment with the UFC in general... I'm, they have no problem, you know, de-amplifying somebody that might have harmful content, according to YouTubers. Again, har harmful content. When, when, when? Seriously, when do I get to sue? When do, when do I get to sue for my defamation? If Dominion can sue, why in the world? Explain it to me. Explain it to me like I'm a five-year-old. Why in the world would I not be able to sue when I go to earn here? And you tell me that I'm harmful content, content that focuses on controversial issues and, not or, that is harmful to viewers. I have not hurt any viewer at all. And hopefully, I, I'm uh, harming evil. I'm harming lying narratives. But there's not, none of my viewers are being harmed.
That's just not real. That's not, that's not a real thing. Oh, look at this. Hmm. Advertiser-friendly content guidelines. <laughs> they just, I get, look at this, I love it. Due to the war in Ukraine, contents that exploits, dismisses, or condones the war is ineligible for monetization until further notice. What? Condones the war? Like, does that, I mean, does that mean anti-war can go up? It doesn't seem that way. This update is meant to clarify and in some cases expand our guidance as it relates to this war. Isn't that nice? And then you'll, you'll find this. Inappropriate language, violence, adult content, shocking content, harmful or dangerous acts, hateful and derogatory comment, recreational drugs and drug-related content, firearms-related content, controvert, there it is, controversial issues and sensitive events, enabling dishonest behavior, <laughs> inappropriate content for kids and families, incendiary and demeaning, and then tobacco-related content. I mean, it's all selective. It's all selective enforcement. Anybody who's been paying attention knows this. They do what they want to do. Do what they want to do. Say what they want to say. Live how they want to live. Play how they want to play. The censor family. Ba -da -da -da. Folks, we are coming to a close here. I want to remind everybody, I am a documentary filmmaker. And my documentary films, I think, are extremely important. Circling back to the very beginning of the broadcast, I'm glad I got that text from Drew Burquist. Because, you know, I did just a little bit of work on Oklahoma City. There is a great film out there called A Noble Lie that goes much, much farther, uh, looks at Elohim City, uh, looks a lot more at McVeigh and those surrounding him. Mine is a, a really a, a quick snapshot of some of the anomalies that simply do not make sense surrounding the Oklahoma City bombing, including the fact they were running drills that day, including the fact members of the ATF got tipped off to come uh, not go to work that day, including the fact that you saw the bomb trucks going in to get several bombs out of the building that did not explode, uh, including Frank Keating, the governor, uh, talking about those bombs, including the fact that I believe it was his brother wrote a book uh, about a Tom McVeigh blowing up a federal building, not a Tim McVeigh. I know that sounds way too bizarre and out there, but it's part of the narrative. Um, I don't know if I put the Tom McVeigh thing in, in the film, but everything else is in there. Um, the fact that it appears that McVeigh is on camera at a uh, explosives and weapons facility in the military after he's supposedly been dishonorably discharged. A lot there. That's an invisible empire at New World Order to find. You want to find out more about 9-11, check out Loose Change Final Cut and Fabled Enemies and, of course, my coup de gras. Uh, my big picture film where uh, I don't have to narrate it. Shade the motion picture. I hope you check them all out. I hope you share them with others out there. I want to reiterate, it is never about left or right. It is always about right and wrong, in my opinion. We must have an open dialogue. We must come together and we must oppose this post-truth world that is ever more present and being imposed on us by a predator class. I love you guys, and I will see you on the flip side.